0: What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores, the games every day, just the Lakers.
3: You're kidding.
4: That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top part show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct.
2: What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined as always by Darius and Mike. And the Lakers had themselves a hell of a weekend and not in a good way, falling to both the Sacramento Kings and then the Toronto Raptors, both teams that are on the outside looking in of even the playing tournament. And Lakers look really bad in both of those. So we're going to have a long discussion today uh, and probably the next episode as well, just kind of breaking down how we're here and how we get out of this funk that we're in. One of the things that's been really striking to me is the Lakers' approach. Uh, One of the things I try to always see with the team is not necessarily what I think they should be doing, but to be able to notice what is it that they are trying to do. And during this period of time where we're all kind of like, you know, we should probably start ramping it up and turning it up. I'd been really struck by a a few bits of of evidence that really indicated a general lack of urgency from the team from their post-game quotes until after the Raptors game, their just general demeanor. Mike did a a hit with Alex before the game yesterday because it was his first start. And one of the things that he mentioned, he was like, yeah, I was in good enough uh, shape to, I, I was feeling good enough to play in the game against Sacramento, but we were being extra careful. And uh, we sat me out for that that game. And this is a point of the season again with only now eight games left, where a pretty much healthy Alex Caruso, when you're battling for the playing tournament, you know, right on the border of that, you could really use a player like that. And so the fact that they are choosing to sit guys when they're when they're healthy, all of that combined with a lot of the things that I see on the court. Have you noticed we're not really blitzing ball handlers anymore? We're not scrambling and running around. We're not playing that really aggressive style. All of it points to what I believe is the Lakers have made a a conscious decision to really prioritize. We're going to go into the postseason as healthy as we possibly can. And so that has permeated. And I would argue that they've made that decision they've gone too far in that direction obviously at this point especially with all of the injuries that we had whether we're fifth sixth or seventh whatever doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things obviously you know we don't want to be in the seventh spot because then you're in a play-in but at the end of the day just getting there healthy with all of the injuries that we've had is priority number one and so it's a it's reasonable, but I would argue that they've gone too far in that direction, Darius. Um, And that has put us into a rut where there has been no sense of urgency. Everything about our approach has said, screamed, these games don't matter much to us. And now last night in particular was the first game where I saw them, and and even into the quotes afterward, heard them and saw them saying, hey, we need to start kind of, Kind of getting it out of the mud, but I would argue that we've put ourselves there with this very lackadaisical approach that you've been talking
4: about for for quite some time now. Have I mm-hmm. been talking about this? Mm-hmm. That I don't mean to sound flippant. The I totally agree with your approach or with what you were saying about the Lakers' approach right there. The thing that strikes me is that it's a balance. Um, yes. I remember, I remember in the wake of the Lakers winning the championship and one of the lasting memories I'll have last season, I'll have one, one of the lasting memories that I'll have, and it'll stick with me probably for as long as I'm alive and care about the Lakers is Anthony Davis screaming out to no one, but everyone at the same time. This is why we work. You get out of the game what you put into it. The idea that you're presenting that the Lakers are sort of holding something back in order to try to keep it in reserve to a certain extent, right? Well, and preserve their health, right? Like it's not just keep. It's
2: not like hiding some secret nuclear codes or anything. It's just like we've been we've gotten our ass kicked over and over again. Dennis is in health and safety protocol now, right? So there's like.
4: It's not out of nowhere no right? no, it's 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 not it goes back to the point I was going to make about balance though that that in order to get to the point where you're at your best, you have to be actively pursuing that. that's right, and the Lakers are not actively pursuing that right now. they are actively pursuing something else. Over the last few weeks, I think I've used in the word summon a fair amount in relation to the Lakers and being able to call on a higher level just because they know it exists. Right. And and there is this idea of muscle memory and knowing what it takes and, and being able to sort of flip that switch and get to that level simply because they've been to that level before. And I have, I have argued against that idea with this version of this team, simply because this team is not, there are players on, on this team who certainly have that shared history, but this group as a whole does not. And, and, and so, While I get trying to sort of like say we want to be healthy and we want to be as at our best physically as we can be in getting once we're in the playoffs. That same concept pushes against the idea that we're going to form this sort of collective memory together that we can then call on in order to to best apply that being 100% physically right so those things those those things to me sort of work against each other and they and they need to work together if am am i making sense mike or have i not drank enough coffee yet this morning
1: <laughs> no you you've been you've been making sense about this and i think that the perspective that i've been trying to come from is that I've just been listening to these guys and and really by these guys, it's LeBron and AD and Frank Vogel. And they've been telling us all year about how, how, why this is going like it is LeBron said it again last night. So even while we're watching this play, that's clearly uneven and has been especially different and bad, generally speaking, since AD got back and they've lost five of those six games. They've told us why. And LeBron repeated it last night. He said, look, if I'm not close to 100% healthy, none of this matters anyway. And AD, his, who is, has kind of said to start the season, remember we did that whole thing about how he and LeBron both said that the offseason was too short. They weren't going to have enough time to start the season. Um, they weren't mentally into it yet. It was going to be really hard to get there. And then AD played like that. It was still great, but he played like that. wasn't himself. And LeBron somehow went into MVP mode anyway. And then the injuries came. So we, I, I don't want to – what we don't want to do here, I think, is kind of repeat the last couple weeks of pods. But it just keeps – so the time that I thought it might change, Pete, was since all this talk we've had about familiarity and continuity. And the Lakers are up by two with about four minutes to go in the second quarter. And Montres Harrell picks up his third foul. Drummond had picked up his third foul – uh, earlier and so that moved AD to the five and they finally had a group that knew how to play together they knew how to blitz they knew how to rotate it's LeBron it's AD it's Caruso Kuzma and KCP and that team got run off the floor uh, mm-hmm. by mostly Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam and then mm-hmm. uh, the guy who really kind of made it happen was DeAndre Bembry who is just playing harder than everybody mm-hmm. he's flying to the, to the rim the he's cutting, mm-hmm. yeah he's cutting to the basket he's uh, he and Birch are getting offensive rebounds and you know, part of that, I think those guys got fired up a little bit when Harrell blocked the shot. LeBron finishes the on one at the other end, and Harrell just trash talked the entire Raptors bench right in front of him. And, like, since there was no crowd there, It almost like there was no way for them not to just completely focus upon that. If there's a full crowd, everybody else is yelling. Jack Nick might be turning around to yell at the Raptors bench after that happens too. And some of the focus is off it. But in this case, since it's just them in there, that kind of action, I think, has all the more impact. And and so uh, all all of this together just turned into yet another time where the Lakers looked up and LeBron probably looked down at his ankle a little bit. AD uh, is thinking about whatever he's thinking about and KCP Caruso those guys take cues from them and so that's how the rest of the game played out and they made a couple runs we saw pockets where they look like themselves but uh it, it just that's how it all happened and then Kuzma happened to kind of summarize things in his post game which I'm sure we'll get to but Pete that was the section of the game where I I kind of was backing I'm not backing off my continued position that they still can figure this out but it as each game goes by, that they don't take the opportunity to do so, the uh, the assurance that they will goes down a peg. It just it just has to.
2: So that I'm glad you brought up that stretch of the game because no matter how much Montrezl Harrell may piss them off with trash talk, we have no business giving up 72 points to the Toronto Raptors, and we have no business giving up a 21 to six run with all of the guys that are familiar. Like you said, I, so much of the Blame has been given to Andre Drummond over the last few games because it's it. And in terms of what's actually happening on the floor, he's making good plays. He's he's making mistakes, but he's not like he's fairly low on the list of problems. And that's why that particular stretch of time, I thought, was illuminating for what I think is actually going on with the team. Right. Is that it's a mentality issue? You got AD at the five, right? That's supposed to work great. All of these dudes won a championship together last year. There's none of the continuity and all of the things that, that we have been talking about uh, at length. This is a group that's supposed to be able to play together and they're supposed to thrive. And they
4: got their asses kicked, D. I want to push back against that idea of continuity and knowing how to play together this group. The, the reason why I say that is because there's still a little bit of that when was the last time this group actually did play together? That's the thing. That's the thing, though, is that, like, they have
2: history together, yes. but not continuity, yes. right? And and so that's the issue. Anthony Davis. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> All of this comes with the disclaimer that there is physical elements to this. He's coming back from an injury that I do not know— what he's capable of and what the progression of getting him if the goal is to get anthony davis back to 100 percent physically by the time the playoffs start i don't know where he is on that journey so all of that is with that disclaimer that said there's a difference between how ad's come back and how lebron has come back right lebron is not moving terribly well but he is mostly mentally engaged in these games in that stretch the whole team fell apart. That's one of the things is that the team is taking their cues from LeBron and AD, right? This, this whole, like, they're not playing hard. They're not engaged. That wasn't a thing before AD came back. Right. That was not, I mean, any NBA season, you're going to have a game here and there where you get blown
4: out. Right. That's, that's normal. Go back and listen to our podcast from a month ago mm -hmm. when we were starting to count down the idea that AD is going to come back and LeBron is going to Come back a little bit after that. And we made the analogy that the Lakers are ramping up now, right? Those guys are not here and these Lakers are ramping up, right? And the idea... W- Just to survive yeah. and win games, right? Because they had to. We made the analogy that AD and LeBron are on the on-ramp, right? I think I made an Uber analogy that that the car right. is running. It's going, and these guys are going to have to jump in like while the car is still moving. And that if the rest of the team cannot really afford to slow down for them and finding that balance of how much do you step back in order to accommodate your best players, because they're your best players. Versus how much are they going to have to basically like meet the team's level, meet the team where they're at, at their level, rather than the team falling back a level. And when you talk about the Lakers taking their cues from their leaders, I would argue the Lakers are taking their cues not from LeBron James, but they're taking their cues from Anthony Davis at this point. And and even LeBron – to a certain extent. Look, I'm not, I hate to play armchair psychologist, and I'm not really wanting to do that at this point, even with LeBron. That said, I thought Anthony Davis's attitude last year was a key driver for LeBron's attitude, defensively particularly, and mm-hmm. then I thought LeBron's mm-hmm. attitude towards A D about pushing hard and maybe playing through the nicks and bruises of a long season and, and sort of asking him to sort of raise that level pushed AD too. And and as they say about the like the rising tide, it lifts all boats, those dudes were lifting each other's tide the entire season. And we got to see a performance that should not be forgotten or should not be looked at as something less special than what it truly was. Yeah, it was a great year. Right. What I saw last night was a little bit of I wish I had some truth there to give LeBron a little bit. But it seemed a little bit like, oh, well, this is what we're doing. All, all mm-hmm. right. I don't mm-hmm. even feel that great. My ankle's sore. Like I'm not right. even able to move. Right. That well, right? I right. need someone to lift me up, and I'm looking at my brother in arms, the guy who is at the in theory and, and pretty close at his level, and that and that guy looks disengaged. He is jogging most of the game. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. he is late physically and mentally in a lot of plays. He is just nowhere near even last year's regular season level, right? And a part of me feel feels like, look, it's not beyond LeBron to be a little passive aggressive now. We've seen this dude in this league for a long time and he is an amazing leader of a team and, and of men. And there is no one who I would rather want than LeBron sort of being the steward of the ship over the course of a marathon season. But- he, he too is going to be like, uh, there, there's just going to be games where he's just going to be like, uh, all right, if this is where we're at, then I'll go right along with y'all and go in that direction. And the part of the game that Mike highlighted, I thought LeBron was sort of like taking his cues from the other guys that were on the court too. And in the same way that that the rising tide will lift all boats, the lowering one will bring everyone down. And that's sort of where I see things with the Lakers right now is collectively, but driven by their leaders. And I think especially by Anthony Davis, who was the, he was the personification of Frank Vogel's sort of, we're going to play harder than everyone else. That was Mm -hmm. AD they always talk about lakers basketball
2: right like what lakers basketball is right and and mike we feel so far away from that right now and that's the thing with with the difference between ad and lebron coming back that i'm seeing is that that mental engagement lebron and he has some some lebron has had some mental mistakes but by and large he's engaged in this game in, in these games but i'm watching ad like there was a play where Andre Drummond showed high on Kyle Lowry, or I believe it was Lowry running off of a screen, and then recovered back to Birch or Gillespie. I think it was Gillespie on the roll and gets back to him. And that's a really nice play, right? To show high and discourage the three-point shot and then bust your ass back to get a, a hand up and contest on the roller. And then he forces a miss and it back rims, but he gets an easy putback because AD pretty much watched that whole play and he doesn't battle for the board. And, and, and so there is, we can talk some uh, about continuity. We can talk about all of the things that we have been, but we need, we need today to matter. Right. We need we need whatever that game is on some level to matter, because that's the process to turning Anthony Davis, not just back into like you've been saying, if even if he's the eighth best player in the NBA, then we can still do this. I agree with that. But, Mike, he's so far from that. And I feel like there's a certain level of engagement that's lacking that none of this can change until that changes.
1: I think that's totally fair. And if there's there's one issue that's been overriding all of this stuff. It's that since Davis has been back, he hasn't been able to be Davis for whatever reason. And Pete, you had a tweet last night, I think replying to Darius, just listing what his plus minuses were. And that tells you all you need to know if you didn't watch the games by chance. And I think that everybody listening to this podcast did. So there's your eye test and then just backing it up here. So I'll just list it. So minus 11 against Toronto, minus eight against Sacramento, minus 13 against Washington, Plus six against Orlando, minus 19 against Dallas, minus 11 against Dallas. And I'm so the first couple of games, I, I think despite the fact they were against Dallas, I, there was a, there was a part of me that was totally willing to just dismiss those. He was mm-hmm. he was looking like all he was trying to do was find his shot, basically, and that was the concern. And I, I'm trying to get to the bottom of it just with him from the mental versus the physical. And so I asked him about it yesterday. In a, in a relatively you know, open-ended question, but just, hey, where, like, where are you at physically, mentally? And physically, he said, he's not, he's not really there. I shouldn't even say he's not really there. He's definitely not there, where he said he's just still getting his legs under him in terms of playing 33 minutes. And he's not, so that could explain part of the lack of burst that we're seeing, at least over the course of games. Like he's got it in pockets, but he's not running. And and what's the first thing you kind of think about when you're not running? Well, conditioning. And with the way that he, his injury, even compared to LeBron's, I don't think he was doing much of anything on that leg. So
0: he's not. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
1: he's still not in game condition is the point. And I'm not, that's not excusing the mental detachment, but it's just, we have to be a little bit more real. I think that, that he's not there physically right now. Can he get there in another two weeks? I mean, probably not to where he was last year. Can he get closer a little bit?
2: I'm less concerned about the physical part at this point, to be perfectly honest. Like he's, his he's so mentally disengaged. He's so late. It's let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll con- continue this. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in instant karma to 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll be automatically entered to win $1 million. Credit Karma Money. Progress starts here. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning Instant Karma. That's creditkarma.com backslash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MBB Bank Incorporated, member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. So my concerns with AD being on the mental side is he is so late on his rotations. We always talk about rotations. Let me explain that a a little bit. Is that whenever the ball is on some part of the court, everybody has a job, right? And so let's say Kyle Lowry drives to the basket and there's a play where he drove baseline and Drummond contains him and steps on the sideline. So Lowry kicks a pass out to the other corner because Drummond's cut him off, right? Everybody off of the ball has a job. Like, okay, KCP, you go to the corner. AD, you go here, right? And whether that's KCP or Anthony Davis or a first-grade youth team, it's still the same rotation, right? Like, basketball has... Everybody has a certain job in certain situations. And in a sport like, like basketball, the situations repeat themselves to the point where you practice this. This is defensive shell drill, if you ever hear us talk about that. It's where you swing the ball around the perimeter or different parts of the court, and then every defender reacts to that based on where the ball is. Anthony Davis is like a second and a half slow on his role, to the point where like, I'm watching him and it's like the game's like swirling around his head. Right. And, and, and so he's on the court, but he's watching the game that is from watching him on tape. And it's so striking Darius, because when he's right, the reason he's the best defensive player in the, in the league is that not only does he have all of the wonderful physical gifts that he has, but he is one of the best anticipators in the whole league. So it's the difference between him like standing on the elbow and then being right there on the closeout when he, when he's right.
1: I just don't want to. I don't want to disconnect the mental from the physical, though. And and that's my so, point. Yeah, is th- that tell tell me about that. Yeah. Well, so he doesn't feel like himself physically. Clearly, he's not running like himself. He's not quite jumping like himself. He's not exploding like himself or like he feels like he can. And that's leading to him not being mentally locked into the same degree. I think because he's not. He's he's. Uh, it's not that he's like bummed out about it, but he's, he's just not there physically. And some guys I think do need to feel right physically in order to play their best, uh, some, or or at least closer to it. And then some guys are able to just play a certain way regardless, um, in their, like, and they just sort of drag a leg around the court. And I know that AD has had, you know, minor injuries that he's played through and certainly he did last year and he did that admirably, especially in the postseason. But I don't know, I don't know if that's been the case with this leg injury. I think that really freaked him out. That, that really scared mm-hmm. him. And he was and he's just there's a part of him that's been favoring it some. And it sounds like this is a sort of an excuse slash explanation for it. And I'm not arguing that he's been there locked in and he's clearly missing a lot of these rotations or he's being a little bit late. But I just think that it's, it's all built into this uh, to the way that he's been feeling all season and it's, it's coming off the injury as well
2: then what is a reasonable expectation from him right now, just in terms of mental engagement? Because I understand why he's not physically himself. I, LeBron's not physically himself either, right? But I do think that in the whole spirit of like today matters, whatever you're working on today, you have to be present and in the moment mentally before any of the real progress can be made to get to where we wanna be. So I, I, I get that if you're not feeling right, you know your your mind not m- might not be there, but at some point, man, like that's part of what these couple of months off were for, right? we to to get right, to get all the way right. Now, part of that is you have to actually play and build up on that. But what's a reasonable expectation of him going f- from from this point forward, right? Because like he's got a long way to go and not a lot a lot of time to get there. Yeah,
1: it has to come. It has to come. And, and now the issue is that there are what eight games left.
4: Mm -hmm.
1: and it looks like they're going to be without Dennis Schroeder for the foreseeable future, and so they're not going to be whole. They're not going to get a chance to develop the cohesion with that starting lineup, and AD is not going to just between now and when the playoffs start, Darius, he's not going to just suddenly get fully right physically. He's going to keep getting a little bit better game to game, but I guess what, what I'm in trying to take the cues from what he says, from what LeBron says, from what Vogel says is that there will be some elements. like I don't know if it's the if it's like finally looking at the seating or finally looking at the mat, like finally realizing okay if we don't win this game we're gonna have to play in the play-in tournament and if they even care about that to the extent where you use that like a like if are they really trying to avoid that I think they'd like to but they're not playing like they'd really like to right or they would have probably play a little differently in the Dallas game so I I think that it's almost like Pete. Uh, in Darius, once their backs and AD's back is actually against the wall, because I mean, we haven't seen it. So until it, until it's against the wall, it then and it's it's going to be in the next week or two.
2: Yeah. But so much of our, what was great about last year's team that Darius was talking about earlier is that they were internally motivated. It wasn't like, oh, look at the standings or look at this outside scenario that this is what's going to bring out our best. It was this journey, this, this mission that they were on the whole year. And that's, what was part of what was great about last season is that every day mattered. I remember I got drunk off my ass after we won those, had that weekend where we beat the bucks and the Clippers because I had been skeptical about the talent level of the team, about what they were capable of. And that weekend I'd, I've seen an, enough basketball to where I was like, yo, this is, I, I don't know if we're going to win, but I, I think we're the favorite now when I, I didn't think at any other point in the season. So I got drunk and celebrated and whatnot, but, Darius there was that internal motivation to get better every day that to me the play in tournament where we are in the seedings the this ma- this outside force that's going to all of a sudden bring out the best in us it's not how it worked last year and it's not really how successful teams work in the first place
4: the lakers are just in a bad place right now and getting out of that bad place right. is going to require all of them collectively coming together mentally and physically and deciding that they're going to be different, right? I don't know if any of you ever, have ever had any vices in, in your life or wanted to make a change towards a different direction, do something different, right? But th- And mm-hmm. I don't want to compare life challenges to a game, right? But this is the livelihood of these guys. So in a way, it's very similar to them. In this situation, that there there is a togetherness that you need as a group. Last year's team had that. I don't mm-hmm. want to again. I don't want to lament last year's team and compare it to this year's team too too much because too much has changed. And yeah, and the circumstances are so.
2: Last year, one of the things about last year, and one of the things I'm hearing is like like man, it's one thing yeah. after another. And it is right, but you can't get yourself in that mentality, right? Last year didn't have a lot of those like. Oh, no, this but, guy got injured in a way that we couldn't control. Yes. And but last year's not every year, is like but that.
4: last year had its own challenges too. And the team rallied around those challenges Certainly. in order to come out on the other side stronger. Right. And this team needs a similar amount of resiliency, but the challenges that are facing them as, as individuals, as individuals now are different. And for some of them probably harder right um i don't doubt what mike is saying about ad and his injury and sort of the and i'm a big believer in the connectivity between where you are at mentally and physically and those things playing off of each other in order to either get you to a more positive place or to sort of pull you back to a more negative space ad is clearly being pulled back now more towards a negative space because things are sort of spiraling downward for him in in a way that i'm sure even for him isn't recognizable right like it brings me to a a place in my mind where i've i think about all of the times over the past 2 or 3 or 4 years where where this has become more on the forefront of the conversation but i think about like players mental health right as much as their physical health and mm-hmm. and how when things start to go against you in in a way or you feel like you're constantly battling it, it can put you into a mental space as well where you're not at your best. And then physically you suffer because of that.
2: And you're expecting more and more things to go wrong, right? That it, it, it can, that's one of the things I'm worried about that I've been hearing more and more from what they're saying.
4: When you guys were talking about examples about AD, like the play that stood out to me the most was where he's on Siakam. And it's Siakam is above the break on the left oh, side of God. the floor. And AD is expecting the screen to come up. And he is looking back to Drummond and sort of like calling out the coverage, like we're going to ice this screen, right? And so mentally, AD is working through the coverage, right? He seems to understand what's coming, but the screen never comes. AD is laying off Siakam in in a way as if his brain is pre-programmed that this is what's going to happen. Someone's going to come up and set a screen. We're going mm-hmm. to ice. We're probably going to switch that. Drummond is going to pick up Siakam, and then I'm going to drop down in into coverage on Birch or Gillespie, whoever the big was in the game at the time. The screen never comes, and Siakam walks right into a three-pointer and drills it, and I think that pushed the lead up to 17 or 18 or 20 or tw- who knows. It, like, and there was a certain amount of like, what was that? So that I, I'm so glad you brought that up because
2: that's like a not being in the moment type of play. That's that's if you and I are on a podcast talking about icing a pick and roll rather than actually being in the moment. Cause on that play, not only wasn't the screen there, the screener who would be setting that screen to yeah. make that a nice coverage was screening away. So he was screening for the shooter that was on the weak side wing. There was nobody there next to Anthony Davis, but AD
4: was still icing a screen that isn't there. The tricky thing here is there's a certain point in time where AD is either going to need to decide that he is good enough to go and he's going to have to push through it mentally, right? Or he's going to have to say, I'm not good enough to go. And what does that mean for us? Like, it's like the movie, The Matrix, right? Where, like, it's all being explained to Neo. And he's like, you know, like, we're in this machine world or whatever. The, or we're in the computer world. And, you know, I can get hurt in here. Like, I don't get it. And Morpheus is sort of just like, the body can't live without the mind. And basically, the mind is the driver here. And AD may not be fit. He, I yeah. do not doubt that AD does not feel right to a certain extent. Now, if it's conditioning and it's wind, I think he needs to play through that. If it's pain, it's it's not pain. It's not pain. He said at the beginning, I feel 100%. Yeah, yeah. he said that. When he came back. If it is conditioning and it is wind, then there is a certain amount of mentally he needs to push through this then.
1: Yes, and I think that's right. So I in trying to take all of this in and everything that they've been telling us and like really listening to what Davis has been saying to what LeBron's been yeah. saying. And th- those are the two voices that matter. They have been, you know, they have been very frustrated this season and understandably so. Right. So that coming off of the title, the shortened off season, the uh, they start out and, and are, are playing some of the best basketball in the NBA, like not is not great, but like they were pretty cohesive early in the season. OK, we, we weren't. This is when people were starting to have the most talented Lakers team of all time, which I, I think was a stretch. But that was the conversation that was starting. OK, and now here we are now. And what's happened since then? Well, just basically major injuries to your two guys. And then when they've come back different guys popping out yesterday. It was shooter. Um, a couple days ago it was Caruso. So all of this stuff, and I think it's built Pete suggested this earlier in the podcast. It's, it's all built on itself and that's on top of being the ones that are being hunted. It's on top of winning the title last year. And there's a little bit of woe is me in there and, and what they, and and that does tend to build right for just as a, as a metaphor for anybody in life, that's how life works. If stuff builds and you start feeling a little bit sorry for yourself and man, really like now, is this really still not going to – Kyle Lowry is really going to hit seven walk-up threes like through contests even when Caruso's on him and it just builds. So I think what they need is a little bit going back to P, the weekend you just talked about where uh, you got drunk after – and I, by the way, did not because I, I I was feeling much better about the team at that point than you were. <laughs> um, they need a, a moment or two like that and I, and I don't think it takes many. They need to – beat the nuggets or they need to beat Portland or they need to beat the Clippers. Like these not necessarily beat Orlando in Tampa where they're super, super handed and they're playing five rookies. They need a couple of moments here and they've got opportunities um, over the course of these next couple of games to get there. And, and they need to feel that AD needs to feel himself rolling through a full game with full win and block a shot in the fourth quarter, get up and down in transition, get a catch from LeBron That's the stuff that they have to have happen, and I think that once it does happen, some of the muscle memory, some of the confidence starts to come back.
2: You are spot on. Let's continue this conversation in the next pod because we've got a big week coming up with a bunch of playoff teams in the West that if we're going to get out of this woe is me place and get it out of the mud, then this is going to be the week that I think that a lot of that is done so uh we're going to continue this conversation on the next episode which will probably come out after we play denver so it won't have any of whatever happens in that game but it will be a preview and and just a continuation of a, a bigger week ahead so you've been listening to laker film room podcast we'll catch you next time
4: James has got it in low to mikhail mikhail wants to turn his double team just pass out of front broken up by worthy tips to magic worthy dies on his belly magic scores Fires again, yeah the Lakers win the game the Lakers win the game three
1: seconds left that next to the winner it's on the way good! Bryant 48 points 16 rebounds with his eighth block shot that
0: ties an NBA finals record a lot of Lakers fans digging okay, so around for this you're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, in Boston? Of all places? Are you kidding me? Kobe, hard
1: to believe. Are you no, kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to
0: push. Bryant spinning in the lane, back for Gasol, ready pass, and it's back to
3: a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the it's move. Good. Two, score. one, missing. It. It. Unbelievable. Unbelievable.
0: It's over James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why?